0: Would you like an opinion on a financial matter you're dealing with? Whether it's about retirement, investments, taxes, or 401ks, Scott Hansen and Pat McLean would like to help you by answering your call. To join Allworth's Money Matters, call now at 833-99-WORTH. That's 833-99-WORTH.
1: Welcome to All Worth's Money Matters. Scott Hansen. And Pat McLean, thanks for being with us. That's right, both myself, my co-host. We are both financial advisors, certified financial planner, charter financial consultant, practicing advisors for the three decades. And come here on the our podcast on the weekends to help you with your financial future as you are dealing with things. And
2: it's hard to deal with. These markets are Rough.
1: What's been particularly challenging, Pat, about this year, it's that not only has the stock market fallen, but just about everything has fallen. And bonds—this is the worst year for bonds we've had in decades. So, typically, in a portfolio, a well-balanced portfolio, there's—you've got areas of the portfolio that are, if not at least holding their own, but growing. In times when the stock market is falling. So you're trying to create uh, negatively correlated
2: asset classes right. in order to actually get a smooth upward line. Yeah, and
1: if you look at historical returns, you can kind of graph them out and you can see where they fish in frontier, all that other stuff, right? Um, and But the challenge we've got this year, it's that it, just about everything has fallen in value. Yeah,
2: Bonds. Especially fixed fixed assets. We haven't seen it in some of the assets, right? Oil prices, although
1: uh, they're down from where they were.
2: Yeah, they they are, but it' not nearly as much as the rest. Where you are really seeing gold? It I is, mean, go, 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 is down. Tech is way 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 down, and further headwinds. Forget the fact that you know they're borrowing money to build operations, uh, which drives up their cost of operating the business. of uh, tech shares are, uh, 58% of revenues come from outside the United States. For tech companies. For tech
1: companies. 58%. 58%. So
2: what happens is, as the dollar soars in value against other currencies, unless they've hedged those positions, it's very, very difficult.
1: So your revenues, you're still getting the same amount of euros, but it's not worth nearly or pounds, much. even and,
2: worse, and completely out of your control. Completely out of your control. And
1: but the thing that's so strange, you've got. So the Fed is increasing interest rates to try to tame inflation, to right? to, to essentially to say it is their break. Hey,
2: look, we're going to make it a little bit more difficult for you to actually expand or in this environment businesses especially right so there's a cost of borrowing money we're raising interest rates so that we're going to dampen real estate they know exactly what the outcome is going to be right by raising these interest rates
1: well they have they have some theories on where they believe it's going to be historically um how the The question is how bad are they going to well, how
2: much are they going to? How overshoot? much damage are they going to do? That's right. That's what they were. Because
1: do. you've got the Fed raising interest rates to slow the economy, and then you've got the Congress and administration. I mean, how many how many bills were passed in the last two years? Yes, of b- just trillion dollars money year? <laughs> giveaway. Right. My- here, 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 here. All kinds of things. I'm not saying if they're good or bad. I'm just saying the challenge is when you've got the federal government printing money at the same time the Fed's trying to slow the economy, they're, they're at odds with one another.
2: Yes. And then you put behind that the backdrop of oil prices and what's happening in the Ukraine, uh, Saudi Arabia, which, by the way, look, I get the green energy thing. I am for it 100 percent over time. But it's really difficult to actually make yourself captive to other countries in terms of a product that you actually need where they know you're not going to go in and get it yourself. You mean like
1: OPEC saying they're going to reduce uh, – now it's called OPEC+. Plus. They're going to reduce oil production by, what, a couple million barrels a day? That's yeah, what they say. <clears throat> That's what they say. No one
2: – it's really difficult for
1: them. They're all saying – And we're way wake- – and <laughs> – we're saying no. You guys are bad for doing that. Why are you doing that to us? Y- y- yes. When when the reality is we had our we have opportunities in the United States so we're not dependent on them. It's strange as it's, time. It is strange. It is strange.
2: And by the way, they say Scott that they're going to uh, but they the OPEC plus sits around in a room and pretends like they're friends for the day. They're
1: not. Uh, <laughs> they're not. They're competitors. Well, we, look, we we broadcast out of California. But Actually, we just had our two millionth download of our podcast, so thank you, podcast listeners. But we know we have many people in other states. So this morning, I went to Costco to get gas, as I did yesterday. Okay. <laughs> it's just I, <laughs> I either go to Costco or Safeway; they have the seem to have the best prices. Uh, and I paid California five ninety five a gallon. Yes, which is a almost double what it is in most other states. I was in other states uh, last 2 weeks ago and I was amazed. And it is in large part because of the restrictions that we continue to put in place on the refineries uh, and the kind of fuel blends they they require and taxes. And California taxes. taxes. California taxes, taxes are only The bigger issue is the, and and then like So what
2: what was your point with this? Like you went there that that that's slowing the economy down in California. Well, we started talking about oil. That's
1: yes, right. and, yeah. And, and, yeah. And yeah, it's, it's just a crazy time. This is, I think, uh, it is a crazy, and it's time. hard for, and this rising of interest rates, it is a real impact on real estate. We haven't seen it yet. In fact, we haven't seen
2: it in the unemployment numbers yet, which really, really surprised me, uh, that the unemployment
1: numbers are still as low as they are. And it's a housing is starting to cool off in some markets more than others, but. I just saw a thing this last week. Of course, I know how to run the numbers, but it was a $500,000 house. Uh, it's it, Someone in January, $2,000 a month it would cost them, but they put 20% down to finance that. That same $2,000 a month with 20% down will finance a $340,000 house. Yes. So about a third
2: uh, reduction in your purchasing That's power right. because of these interest rates.
1: I was talking to a long-term friend of mine. He sells uh, new homes in um in another state and he's just uh, he, he's, he's he says well that he says these home, big home builders they they've got all kinds of inventory so he says they're still going to be selling a lot in the next coming months it's just the matter of price and i said what are cancellations like so we've had a number of cancellations one because there's the same models coming online a little lower price like why am i going to pay you Six twenty when you're selling selling it now for five seventy five or whatever the case may be, and he, he that and the in, interest rates, he says is mostly interest rates. He said people when they first put a deposit on the house, they're like, how much can I afford to to borrow? I mean, one of the advice that we often give people is if you're like trying to figure out what you can afford, talk to a mortgage broker first. Figure out what yes. your payment's going to be and if that's going to going to work for you. And so you're in a situation where we've got. Uh, Interest rates have risen so much that people can't... What was going to be a $2,900 a month payment is now a $4,100 a month payment. Yeah. But this too shall pass. Of course this shall pass. This this too shall pass. As and,
2: painful as it is, and we know it's painful. We have thousands and
1: thousands of clients. It is painful. Very, very painful. But this is not the time to be selling out of, of a diversified portfolio. If anything... Some great buying opportunities right now. Yes, I mean if you're a long-term investor, there's lots of areas, and even on the fixed-income side of things, interest rates are up so so much that there's good opportunities on very conservative type investments that we didn't say. Yeah, uh, that weren't here a year ago. Granted, inflation needs to come back down because otherwise, our real purchasing power. Well, uh, inflation will come down. Um, it. It. I mean, the Fed is as
2: aggressive as they've ever been in history trying to tackle
1: uh, inflation.
2: And will they overshoot it? Probably.
1: Probably, because what happened in the 70s, they were aggressive, then they paled back a bit, and they got, "Uh uh-oh, maybe we've overshot. Then inflation just got even worse, and then they went. They went all in at that point in time. But, you you know, Scott, it's
2: um, this balance between government spending and the Federal Reserve is all it's doing is prolonging uh, the pain. It's all what's doing, you know. In the state of California, if you're a certain income, you get a check from the state. They called it the Inflation Protection Act or something along those lines. Um, I don't know what they call it. Inflation a rebate check. Yes, but it's it's one of the reasons we're here is
1: because there was so much cash uh, in the system. You mean you can't just print trillions of dollars and and pay people more in unemployment than they would normally make in their
2: and And people left the workforce because they didn't have to work. Look, look,
1: I believe in people's personal
2: fiscal responsibility. I I think that people should own their financial life. Look, I get it. It's harder for some than it is for others. There's
1: lots of headwinds in life. But, but three decades Pat, of meeting with people in life, and you realize that 95 percent of the time their wealth came not because they inherited or got lucky. it's because they were disciplined in their saving, they were frugal. They were paid attention to their debt. They lived below their means. That's right. and 95 percent of and the time. What
2: 20 or 25 percent of the population um, lives paycheck to paycheck. And they don't care where that money comes from. And if they've got a lot of money, they'll spend it. And if they have a little bit of money, they'll spend it.
1: Um, you know, it's interesting. Um, typically on an annual basis, I go down to uh, Tijuana, Mexico, for to build homes. And there's an organization they build. They're the most basic rudimentary shelter you can imagine. Right, just a concrete floor, uh, two little tiny bedrooms, and a room that could be used as a living room or kitchen or whatever. It's very small. No uh, running water. Uh, electricity, but it's basic shelter. And so the, the, the guy who runs the organization has been down there 30-some years building. they built thousands of homes down there. And, and most of it, are, frankly, are migrants who have come north and got stuck in Mexico. And, but he's, he's, he, they, first thing they, they warn, don't give anyone any money. And he says, you might think that you're going to be helping someone, you slip them 200 bucks, because to you it's no big deal, 200 bucks. He says to them, they may quit their job that day because their mindset it's that right <laughs> and to your point like there's a certain percentage of them i just read this
2: that i just read this week and then we're going to move on to the calls but i just read this week where uh, a third of the people in the united states have missed some bills in the last 12 months and i thought to myself huh that's interesting what's our base for comparison what was it i have no idea Two years ago, three years ago, five years ago. And does this third of the population miss payments on a regular basis? Because you have friends that do that on a
1: regular basis. <laughs> I had a friend he, he, back in the... Can you still bounce checks like you used to? I don't know. I don't know. He paid hundreds of dollars a year in overdraft fees. And probably, I said the bank must have loved you. And probably... made. made did he make a decent living? He did okay? He, he, he did okay. He did all right. He would have done much better had he just slightly... on. Un- top of things <laughs> maybe that is life <laughs> people change but not a lot so yeah anyway if you'd like to join the you're show not have- sound, you're not sounding very uh, charitable here pat like the universal basic income needs for people and stuff
2: uh, i think motivation to work is really important I think for not only financial, but for self-esteem, self-esteem. You mean that you're a contributing member to society? That that it's more than about, it's more, look, I raised four children and I, thankfully, all of them work. Um, And,
1: but I'm grateful my kids work too, because I know, I have friends whose kids are. Yep. But, but I remember one of my children saying,
2: well, I'm just going to take the summer off. I'm not going to work this summer. And I said, we actually don't do
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> I, when you're on your own and you can figure out, and you can save enough and you want to take the summer off, you can take the
2: summer yeah, off. Yeah, I said, but we we don't do that. We don't do that. Uh, we don't just take time off. If you want to go on a trip and you can afford it, then go on your trip. But this is not an open-ended, we're just going to not work. And it forget the money issue. I just think it's... Anyway, let's go to the calls. We've got a <laughs> We've got a uh, a new number we're having uh, problems with our toll-free number as if you cannot afford a, a regular phone call. Um so our number to call into the show is 916 Is there even
1: a cost for long distance calls? I don't I don't think so. I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah. I know our business fo- business phones now are all Zoom phones.
2: Yes. Um but I don't think, I think my there. cell phone is on a plan that it they don't differentiate between where Correct. I'm calling. I'm not calling my grandmother on Sunday night after 8 o'clock like we did as a kid. <laughs> uh, 916-473-5459. 916-473-5459. You know what? Before we go on, think about what I just said about calling – when we were little, we'd call yeah, yeah, my grandparents yeah. after. We're both what? I'm fifty six. You're. I, I turned sixty this year. Don't get me anything. I'll um, get you the
1: same thing I got you the last couple
2: of years. Thank you. W- why did that change? in why did that change in um, in phones? Why? Why deregulation were, and technology? That's right. And what caused the the change in there? Southern Pacific Railroad actually had excess capacity in their own internal. Lines, Innovation,
1: technology, <clears throat>
2: and then going back to the government and asking them to deregulate it because it was regulated before, as was airlines, utilities, telecom, and a couple other industries as well. But that's a side note. Nine one six four seven three five four five nine. Nine one six four
1: seven three five four five nine. We're going to start here with Terry Terrier with Allworth's Money Matters.
0: Yes. Hi. How hi, are you today?
1: Great. How are you doing?
0: Fine, thank you. Um, I'll tell you kind of what uh, what I'd like your thoughts on is when I should take my uh, SSI. I'm I'm one of those people who will need my SSI income in my retirement, so I've been delaying it in order to max out my future monthly payments. Um, but but that's always been the plan. But now I'm not quite so sure. Um, I'll tell you a little yeah, bit about Yeah, the about funny thing
1: about, about, about this is for those that didn't save well, I had a conversation this morning with my wife as we're going for a walk regarding a family member, and I said, they're going to have to work till they're age 70 because they don't have any money saved, and to, they're going to be reliant upon Social Security. So those who have not saved well, it's, the answer is so clear, you wait till age 70. You saved, yeah. if, if you've saved well, then it gets a little more complicated. So tell us about your situation. So,
0: Okay, so here, here's why I think I'm going to, Get it sooner now, rather or, or possibly sooner, rather than waiting. But not sure. My wife and I are both 67 years old. We retired five years ago, at age 62. And uh, most of what's kept us busy is we put 20% down on down payments on kids' houses in Sacramento, which uh, it was good for them. The houses appreciated a lot, and the, and they're at low interest rates, 2.75 to 30 And but it's been bad from my wife and I, and that we've depleted about uh, four hundred thousand dollars out of our brokerage savings in the last five years.
1: Okay. So can you afford? Can you afford that? I mean, is are you making? Well,
0: here, here that's that's what I'm going to tell you right now. And then I, I I thought I could. Our our current annual expense is about one hundred fifty thousand dollars. That includes all income tax and property tax. in our house is paid for. We have no debt. We we fund these expenses. With three sources of income currently, my wife's SSI of $25,000. Uh i have got a pension of 35000 And And uh, the third one is we take distributions from uh, our IRAs or brokerage savings of about 90000 So that's that funds the 150000 And how
1: much do you have in your IRAs and brokerage account? Yeah.
0: The, the the ninety thousand dollars we take out of the brokerage or the IRA is about four percent of our net worth. Okay. Our net worth, not including our home equity, is two point two million. The two uh, the the way that breaks out is two million is in qualified retirement accounts, um, and two hundred thousand is in after tax brokerage accounts. About the the way the the two million breaks out is seventy percent of that is in. Uh, My old company's 403b uh, plan, but I left it in it, about a million four because it's in a fixed income account of three and a half percent, no fees, and I've left it in there the last five years. um, And I realize I've probably given up a little opportunity, but are you thinking about
1: Are you thinking about making a move into some equities now with the market being down?
0: Yeah, yeah, maybe. The the kind of the challenge I have with that is. this fund was discontinued in 1989 and once you get take money yeah, out I get of it, it. and Nobody so money but
1: ever 70% 70% is in fixed income that old 403b is the other 30% invested in longer term longer term the, the
0: other the other 30% is invested in all 100% equities okay. about 600,000 thousand dollars in equities and it's about 35 stocks that are I would call them uh you know dividend kind of stocks okay so that So that's that. And so, um, again, that the ninety thousand dollars we're taking from the the, either the IRA plan or the brokerage is about four percent of our net worth. If if I were to activate my SSI now, it would approximate forty five thousand dollars a year, which would allow us to reduce our retirement uh, net worth distributions to about forty five thousand or about two percent of our net worth. Got it. Um, and, And so I guess my question is, is it? Is now the time? But, for- yeah, I, so I think, you, yeah,
1: I mean, you could look at it. I mean, you could also say that you can spend a little more than you're spending right now. If your argument is I'm going to wait on my Social Security until I'm 70 so it can be provide larger income in the future. One could argue that you're well- actually sacrificing a bit of lifestyle today as, to, to make that happen. How's your health, you and your spouse's health?
0: We're both in good shape. Um, I, I mean,
1: you're right on the bubble. I can make arguments both ways. I, I know exactly <laughs> what I would do. And what was that be? Uh, uh, I would actually
2: – I'd start the Social Security. Uh, I'd move that 403B into an uh, IRA. I'd reallocate at least 50% equities um, and then 50% – because you can get this 3-9. You've got these old GICs. Contracts. You can get them in treasuries, yeah, short-term, two-year treasuries. Yeah, right and not worry about it. So I would use this <laughs> as an opportunity in the marketplace and recognize that it's going to actually push a little bit more risk in the portfolio. But I don't believe it is a, is a long-term issue over the next 15 to 20 years. So I would actually – put the whole thing in the port, uh, the 403B into an IRA, I'd reallocate. Get you fixed in.
1: You can actually do a little bit better than that rate. That's right. Triple A rate.
2: And then I'd push my equity position from 30% to 50%. And I'd lower the distribution by that $45,000. So now you're now down to about a 2.2% distribution. um, And you've used this downturn in the market uh, to, you know, could it go lower? Sure, it could go lower. Could it go higher? Sure, it could go higher. Which one are we the closest to?
0: My
1: guess is that... All as we know is the further it goes down, the less risk there is investing, not the more it, risk.
0: Yes. Yeah, I, I hear you there. I, I think that that's an excellent thought. Um, I was just kind of waiting until I felt like the market bottomed out. Well, it, that. It,
1: it, that, I mean, that's it, it's impossible to know when that is. I mean, one strategy is to say, I'm going to move... And over a period of time, with kind of a dollar-cost averaging strategy. It's not designed to increase returns. It's a risk mitigation, and frankly, it's a psychological. And I wouldn't boy, do boy that. Anything. I would just, I would, uh, if you were my brother. You also have pretty high-risk tolerance, Pat. I've worked with you for a long time. I, I may. I, yeah. You know, the funny thing is I don't see that myself.
2: <laughs> I don't see that in myself. I don't think it actually is a high-risk tolerance. I think it is calculated based upon when I need the monies. Fair point, <laughs> right? Um,
1: you take it. You, you take. You, you're, you're probably right, Pat. You, you're able to set your emotions aside, and and realize, like, I just remember during the financial crisis, some of the things you were you know, like, you "Yeah, know, it was great.
2: Um, it was <laughs> great. It wasn't great. No, I mean, it was great. It was a, that sounded terrible. <laughs> it sounded terrible. It was a great t- buying t- opportunity. Buying opportunity. So what happened behind us is behind us, and we can't change that. But I just see this as an incredible opportunity uh,
1: for you right now, you know. And and remember these. And by taking the Social Security, it just takes so much pressure off what you have to produce from your portfolio. That's right. I mean, what, you could actually argue you could you could probably increase your, your overall lifestyle. I bet. I I would say.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let Let me ask another question. When I've got you on here about Roths, we started doing. Uh, Roth contribution last year with an initial deposit, kind of the backdoor of twenty percent or of twenty thousand dollars. You have income. Yeah. Well,
1: Well, you no, talking about our, a conversion? A conversion. Okay, thank you.
0: Yeah. So that was the um, what I thought about doing now that I know how to do it. Um, doing that that conversion, taking about seventy five thousand dollars this or beginning of next year and seventy five thousand and oh four paid, Paying the taxes on them and putting that into a Roth, and then hopefully, you know, by the time I hit the RMDs in about five years, it will we'll at least have made back up the tax money, so that I'm, I'm kind of setting back even at that point. I'd be okay with that.
2: I think that's second. <laughs> I think that's secondary. I don't
1: think I would do that in this. Really? Point. No. Why? Because just the way the tax rates work, you're, you'd be locking in at a fairly high tax rate. Maybe we, one could argue more in the future. Your requirement minimum distributions are based upon your account value. So if if we end up having a prolonged downturn, your, your required minimum distributions aren't going to be that great. And if we have a phenomenal bull market the next ten years, like we're not talking
2: about that much money. We're talking about twenty. You said seventy-five, 75 then? grand. I don't know if I'd go that high. I mean, you got to run the numbers. I would certainly go through it, but that is secondary. Look, that is that is icing on the cake to what we're talking about, which
1: is a long-term strategic change. The of, biggest change, your biggest impact, Terry, is not whether you're going to um, convert uh, Roth. It's 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 are you gonna are you gonna keep seventy percent of your portfolio in. In an area that's never going to keep pace with inflation. Or am I going to make a couple bold moves in this market environment? That would have much greater impact long-term. There's no question about that. So, hey, Terry, appreciate the call. Glad you called. We're taking a quick break here. And uh, when we come back, we'll t- continue with calls. This is allworth's Money Matters.
0: Can't get enough of allworth's Money Matters? Visit allworthfinancial.com radio to listen to
1: the Money Matters podcast. Welcome back to Allworth's Money Matters. Scott Hanson. Pat McClain. Uh, hey, we've just got aside some time, by the way. As I think most of you know, we pre-record these shows um, during the week because we— 20-some because years we did live on the radio on the weekends, and yes. at some point in time we said we need a little more sense of— And it balance. actually makes it uh, more convenient for people to get in touch with us because we put something on the calendar weeks in advance— um, and so so- we, we've set aside two hours just to take calls, take your calls um, uh, regarding financial whatever's on your mind financially. Monday, October 24th, from 10:30 a.m. to 12:30 p.m. Pacific time, 1:30 to 4:30. Eastern, 10:30 to 12:30 Pacific. Monday, October the 24th, and um, you could send us a, an email at questions at moneymatters.com. And, and we'll get you on a the calendar. Yep. Or you can simply call in 916-473-5459. Again, 916-473-5459. And we'd love to take, uh, take your call during that time. So there yes. we go. It, um, I, I, we'd like to take your call. Right? We'd like to.
2: I'm trying not to use love unless it really, really <laughs> applies.
1: Like I don't know what you're talking about.
2: I know I'm trying to reserve the word love for w- what it was intended for. We don't really we wouldn't love for them to call our show, Scott. We would like for them to That's call fair. our show. That's
1: fair. I'm trying to I'm trying to reserve There it. are days I love doing this recording, and there are days the, most lo- days I like it. Some days I don't like it. Yeah, <laughs> okay, fair enough. We might love it. We might like your call.
2: We're not going to... We might love your call. Right. We're not going to love all of them. Fair. All right. Uh, let's... Uh, all right. It's we're just, done with this discussion. <laughs> I know, but I just remember <laughs> the shirts that came out years ago where the guy is like, life is good. Life is good. There'd be a guy like driving his... You know, his car is convertible or playing volleyball and it was like a stick man that said, life is good. And I always thought, I want to come out of a line of shirts that says, life is okay. Because... Life isn't always
1: good. Is it not what you make of it?
2: Yeah, and sometimes... Uh, you know what I sometimes found? Sometimes okay is enough. You know
1: what I found? And watch this in yourself. When I'm sitting there complaining about something with somebody, we're talking about whatever, complaining about politics, complaining about something. Nine times out of ten, I step back, I'm in some cool place with cool people. Yes. <laughs> I, that's why I, I, people I enjoy being around in some place I enjoy being. And, and I'm like... Really? Am I complaining about this? I could be out digging a ditch somewhere. Yes. Hoping I could plant seed to feed my family. Like, this is what I'm complaining about. Scott, there are three things
2: I will not complain about anymore. Air travel.
1: business partner. Air
2: air travel. I'll put that to the list. I'll put (laughs) that to the list. (laughs) That'll be a big change for me, by the way. (laughs) Your wife will hold you accountable.
0: (laughs) Ah, There you go again.
2: (laughs) So, uh, uh, the four things I won't complain about. My business partners. (laughs) Air travel, cellular phones, or microwaves, ovens. I'm just not. What would you complain about a microwave? They're not cooking fast enough. <laughs>
1: I'm just not going to complain right. about those things anymore. All right, good, Pat. I'm glad you've got your priorities straight in life. Let's uh, head back to calls here. We're in California talking with Matt. Matt, you're with Allworths Money Matters.
3: Hi, Pat and Scott. Longtime listener, first-time caller. Oh, good. Thank you for my call. Thanks for joining us. I'm um, uh, I'm 48 years old. My wife is also 48. Um, we're looking to retire in about 12 to 14 years and we're in a position where we've got some money that we can set aside in a taxable account for retirement and we're just trying to figure out kind of or at least I'm trying to figure out do I do something that's invest in like a dividend focused ETF or something that's more more growth oriented and just wanted to get your thoughts on what you would do. And is
1: situation. this for is this for additional money in retirement? Twelve to fourteen Correct. years now? Yes. And where did the money come from? Savings. And how much is it?
3: 100, about a hundred thousand. And how long did it?
2: How long did it take you to get that hundred thousand?
3: Um, maybe four years. Okay.
1: And uh, are you I, maximizing any your company retirement plans that are available?
3: Yeah, ma- maxed out on everything, and be, thanks to your device, I'm now this year I'll start doing the Roth conversions.
1: Okay.
2: Or the uh, uh, the non deductible contributions to an IRA oh, and then conversion yep. the
3: back door the back door, yeah. The yeah. Back door
2: um, and I assume that you uh, only owe money on your home is that a fair statement?
3: Home is paid off. Okay. Okay.
1: Ah, you're great. And um, your um, your four hundred one k's company retirement plans IRAs or whatever. How are those dollars allocated? Ballpark eighty uh,
3: percent. Uh, basically Vanguard total stock market index, 20% bond funds.
1: And how much do you have saved in your retirement accounts?
3: Uh, IRAs, 403Bs, about 1.5. And then I've got another 80 in a Roth account. And that, I should say that that Roth account is part of the IRA, the my 401K. I can do, a, I can make, okay. I can... All
2: right. Uh, so remember when you, you had mentioned doing the, the, the Rothkin uh, non, non-deductible non contributions um, and then converting to a Roth, remember that any IRAs could be affected in terms of taxation by doing that. Just going to throw that out there because you mentioned that. We've talked about that on our show before. Um and your whole portfolio is in the S and P
1: five hundred. Is that oh, what total, is total total total, total stock market? market.
3: Yeah, yeah, either the S and P or the the total stock market. It really is kind of between those two.
1: And you have no international whatsoever.
3: Uh, well, I should. I do have a little international in my four hundred one k. I have about ten percent allocated so in my four hundred one. My four hundred one k is about one point one.
1: Okay. Okay. That's the right answer. I mean, one, one could probably make an argument it wouldn't be a bad time to increase that exposure a bit. But that's a secondary thing. He, he, I would not – I would be – if I were in your situation, I'd be looking at not what's going to provide income, but what's going to provide the least amount of income. That's right. Because you already have enough taxable income coming through the family. You don't, you don't need additional – you're not looking for an extra income source to provide for your current lifestyle. I'd buy the total market. I might buy. I I would probably buy a index of the mid and small cap. Uh, and uh-huh. and if I needed to tweak my total market fund to a little more S and P and less total market, I like that, Scott. Because you are going to have less dividend.
2: Yep, yep. I like that. I like that. And not only that, let's remember too. You are you are relatively sophisticated investor and saver. I mean, just from what you have told us so far, you're like, "Check." You take a simplified approach to investment. That's not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, but but oh, Scott, I mean, no argument with me. Everything what that mean. you've shared, Matt. Everything you've shared with us so far, you're like, check that box, check that box, check that box. Um, I agree with Scott. Or a, or growth, which which in a, an aggressive growth would have uh, more mid and small yeah. in it. I would look at.
1: I mean, if to try to make this thing as perfect as you can. Mid and small, other use ETFs for mid and small index funds. Mid and small, uh, growth oriented, and then if you need to to rebalance it, add a little extra, um, carve out a little from the total market, and put it in in mid and small value oriented. Yep, and because uh, that you're, that way you're, 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 the taxation spinoff of it is going to be negligible. And the kids around And if you house. could view your portfolio as one, which isn't always that easy to do because people tend to look at it as a horse race, and you're like, well, oh, I just bought this growth. This, I mean, growth, growth just got hammered, particularly small cap growth. It's a good buying opportunity. So, uh, children that you're supporting?
3: Uh, yes, I have a freshman in high school and a seventh grader.
2: And you've been saving money for their uh, college?
3: Yeah, I opened up 529s when they were about six months old, and I think we've got college pretty much covered at this point for both.
1: Check that box. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Matt, the one so it sounds like you're, you obviously take complete control and ownership of your financial life and have done a lot of planning. Uh, I, when my kids were born, I opened up 529s the first couple months or so, funded them, and I, I got to dial down almost to the penny on what their fin- college needs were going to be. I didn't factor in the travel because my one kid went to Boston College. The the travel, the expense of going back and visiting them, number one. And then my wife wanted to stay in somewhat nicer hotels, not in the lowest cost hotels. And then because there's not a lot of shopping in the Sacramento region, she wanted to go shopping. So there was a <laughs> I had a big miss in my planning. <laughs> okay. Everyone <laughs> sheds a tear for you, Scott did that sound <laughs> no it's fine
3: it's fine it's fine
2: hey, uh and i assume you have a uh, decent term life insurance policies on you and your uh, spouse correct uh
3: yeah i think we've got about a million five on me and i forget what we have on my wife check about check.
1: A half a million, check 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 uh what a great job so let's uh we're going to talk now with one of our partner advisors so all worth we've got what do we have Roughly 100 financial advisors, I don't know, 90 to 100 financial advisors, uh, some of of which have many have been with us for years. We've got a whole track that come out of college with a degree in finance or certified financial planet designation. They're on a career track, um, working with other advisors on a support role, and then eventually um, they become an advisor. We've had some that have been, that's how they started with us. They've been with us 20 some years, yeah, right out of Galen, and then we've also grown by partnering with other quality firms, like-minded firms. Uh, we've grown quite a bit the last number of, of years, and we partnered with a firm in Albuquerque, New Mexico, uh, which has been um, uh, great for us because mainly because was a, some really great advisors, and one of them is joining us today, Matt Keller. Uh, Matt, thanks for taking a little time to chat with us. My pleasure. And how, Thank you, Scott? Thank Ma- you, Pat. Matt, how many how many years you've been uh, practicing an advisor? I have been an advisor for
4: nearly 21 years. I had a, a prior uh, career before uh, jumping into this industry.
1: And your office in Albuquerque—you guys have several hundred clients, or whatnot. You help out. Yes, and a to, over 200. And what's the, what's the number one concern you and your team are hearing from your clients right now?
4: From retirees, it is. Uh, asking the question if if I'm going to be able to make up the loss. And for people who are working, the number one concern is, is this going to delay my ability to retire on the schedule that we've uh, charted for them?
1: And how are you answering those questions?
4: <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, uh, we, we center around uh, this. I answer this in two ways. Primarily, anchoring around the retirement plan that we've built for the client and, and showing them that while this is a very painful year, this type of experience is something that we've accounted for and that the plan shows that we're going to get through this. And then moving them to um, historical events and the fact that we've endured some pretty tough situations in the past. I can recall 2008. We're down 37% for the year in the S&P, and um, the pandemic, as we all know, it was about a 35% drop in a six-week span. And I recall, um, you know, watching that month after um, we hit bottom on March 9, 2009, seeing the S&P rally uh 25 percent in that next 30 days and some called it a head fake but only those who were invested uh were able to participate in that rise and it turns out it wasn't a head fake
1: you, you so, know you, you can tell by listening to matt that we're like-minded right yeah, right <laughs> so which is which is you <laughs> know you been listening po- to the program for a while a, and a, a, a great <laughs> partner firm
2: so you, you, i hear all the time history repeats itself and and i actually say to clients history doesn't repeat itself identically. Everyone is different. Every downfall is, every decline in the market is different. every rise in the market is different. But what we do is we look for patterns, right? Because you're not going to be able to get a de- identical scenario, but you can get something that has an 80 to 90 percent correlation in the pattern and the reaction in the marketplace. Fair enough? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. So when the clients come in and they're like, ah, what, 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 you point back to the plan, but no financial plan could actually have a a, a sequence of
1: events in it that can be timed because- if so, you wouldn't have a diversified portfolio. You'd have one (laughs) asset class and that would just move (laughs) that one asset to wherever the thing was going to be the best next. That's right. It's obviously not possible. So- are people delaying retirements?
2: Are they lowering their income uh, distributions from accounts?
1: You
4: know, we've we've explored it in some cases. Uh, I think people are being conservative, uh, but you know, to your point about you can't predict um, or no plan can accurately, you know, predict uh, history. Uh, it, I do point to a couple of examples uh, for for clients. I heard it said from a. Mentor of mine from long ago, he had heard this phrase that roller coasters and stock markets are alike, and that the only time you get hurt is when you get off at the wrong time. And, you know, secondly, I've also, uh, I remember like right after 2008, 2009, I attended a conference and they had a behavioral finance expert uh, speak, a person, a consultant who worked with Fidelity and Schwab and some others. And I remember him saying that. Uh, the part of our brain that processes, for instance, like a bad investment statement as you're sitting there on your couch looking at it or looking online, is the same part of your brain that uh, processes a physical threat. and he likened it to mm-hmm. uh, someone throwing a rattlesnake on your lap, you know, when you're looking at your investment statement, and that our goal as an advisor is to move people out of that reptilian, Portion of their their function or the brain function, if you will, and and go to a cerebral, rational part of the brain that can reason and can process, and that we as humans do a lot better once we're you know shown that that markets do come back and and, and we can you know kind of get people off of their initial uh, emotional uh, natural reaction.
1: Yeah, so, that is, I mean, it is spot on. I mean, we are designed to avoid those things that are going to cause us pain or death, right? So that's like, why we have a fight or, <laughs> or- Whether you believe that a creator created you that way or you evolved to that or whatever, right? That's our natural response. Our first response is to flight to safety. And it feels like when we own these investments, when they're falling, like I need, I need to find a safe place to hide. So it's fight or flight. <laughs> Right.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and flight means just I give up on everything. I'm leaving. And fight says, I need to make some change in the portfolio in order to actually counteract this.
1: And Matt, Matt are you seeing many people make uh, feel like they need to do something like, man, we got to do something? I, I've, I've had a, a, a few and and
4: I'll I'll still, you know, first talk with with folks just about, um, again, you know, seeing when we do finally come out of this, uh, the the oftentimes quick and rapid ascension in the markets when we do finally hit bottom, and that trying to you know park money into cash thinking that we'll put money back in later uh once things are you know quote unquote safe, you often miss out on the on the big the big increase and um I was asked by uh, a teacher um to speak at my uh the high school where my three kids graduated from. for the first year this year, are offering a financial literacy class. And uh, I did this on Monday, and that was an adventure. It was a great time. Uh, I spoke in front of uh, two different sections of of classes uh, for about 75 minutes, went through a bunch of presentation slides. And one of the students asked me, what's the one thing that, you know, in in your 20-plus years of doing this, if you could distill down the one thing that would really uh, benefit uh, this person as an, an investor, uh, what would it be? And I said, well, assuming a properly diversified portfolio, if you can just stay invested uh, through thick and through thin, you're going to get where you want to go. But uh, too many, you know, unfortunately, investors uh, aren't able to do that or make the decision not to do that.
1: And it's interesting, Matt, is our, I shouldn't say our industry, Wall Street, let's just call them <laughs> financiers, Wall Street for lack of a better term. In times like this, they tend to prey on people's fears and start creating products to raise capital to sell them some new products that really are contrary to what you were just stating.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? Like it's different. Like, let's get your money out of this and we're going to put it in this particular product. This is so, going to be the solution, so, this alternative. So, inverse funds so that you can make more money when the market
2: falls. Uh, right, you know, or highly leveraged uh, inverse funds. Um, I I agree. <laughs> By the way, that student that asked that question. Um, Keep track of them. Um. <laughs>
4: <laughs> you bet. They're all really smart. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Yeah. Keep maybe it will be their
1: next all worth advice when It goes through our career track. <laughs> correct. Keep track of the, the one, someone that can ask
2: that articulate of a question in high school, you're like, and let me, me ask you fine. this
1: other question, Matt, in the last uh, month, have you ever had a moment where you're thinking, why am I in this industry?
4: Oh boy. It actually is. It's interesting. I remember so my son, I have three kids, my wife and I, and our middle child uh turned nine on March eighth of two thousand nine. And uh the, the market as we you know now know, it bottomed out back then on March 9th of 2009. But it didn't and feel like that...
1: a buying opportunity that day, did it?
4: <laughs> no way. And, and and that Saturday night when we went to bed, I remember the next morning we were gonna be taking him to and some friends to uh this go-kart uh thing for a birthday party. And it was the first time in my life where, because of uh, financial, you know, reason, um, I, I laid in bed and could not sleep the whole night, and uh, just kept thinking, "Is this market ever going to stop going down?" And sure enough, you know, day or two later, it did. And then, like I said, it, it just started to roar back. So, uh, it's it, it, to answer your short answer to your question, Scott. Yes, <laughs> I've had moments, and it's painful for our clients, and I know that. And, and and we're just trying to work with them to get them through to the other side.
1: Yeah, and you were used the word uh, guidance earlier, and part of our our just cause is providing straightforward retirement and financial guidance so people live rich and meaningful life. And I'd like to talk about our team. The guidance is both external f- factors like the markets as well as internal factors. Things that happen in your life, but right now it's clearly one of those external factors. And I uh, I I I think that sometimes clients who work with a great advisor like yourself, Matt, like the 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 value you you provide is sometimes the greatest value is keeping them from making mistakes from which they cannot recover. And and you've been in a long enough. You probably have some people in your mind that didn't follow your advice during the financial downturn Mm -hmm. and maybe sold out on March 8th or whatever. And their lives were never the same financially. And it's up. So uh, Matt, thank you
2: uh, to you and the whole team in Albuquerque for being part of the Allworth uh, team. And uh, uh, we we were uh, proud to call you a partner.
4: Yeah, thank very you very much. So. This is great. I appreciate your time. All
1: right, thank Thanks. you, Matt. It's, we've got such a great team of advisors. <laughs> yeah. Really do. Really? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I guess we we it, picked, it, we it, did it, pick it, them over the years. We have been doing this for <laughs> thirty years, Scott. Hey, so. we're gonna take one more call before the, uh, we wrap up today. Well, let's uh, let's talk with Betty, California. Betty, you are with Allworth Money Matters.
5: Hi. Hey. Hi, Betty. Hi. How are you? We're Good. wonderful. What how
2: are, are you?
1: We do for you, Betty.
5: I'm doing fine. How can we help you? Okay, so um, I'm planning to, um, uh, to get my Social Security next February. Um, I'm 69 now and I have retired, but my husband is still working. So my question is, um, I heard that um, if I apply for Social Security benefits, my husband can get half of what I'm getting.
1: That's correct. Um, the,
5: the he, a, spouse,
1: a spouse, once a spouse uh, applies for their Social Security, they, they're entitled to, assuming their other spouse has receiving benefits, either the greater of their own benefit or 50% of their spouse's benefit, with based assuming that they filed for the, at their normal life expectancy. If they file younger than that, then it's going to be a reduction from that. And if they defer beyond that date to push into age 70, it could be... Um, uh, h- higher than fifty percent of the of the normal amount. So, how old is your spouse?
5: Um, sixty-seven. Okay.
2: And what's your question um, for us then?
5: Okay, so um, the first of, all, I want to confirm that if I apply for my Social Security benefits, um, my spouse can get half of what I'm getting. The second question is: well, It's fifty percent,
1: fifty percent of your, your your full retirement benefit at at, at your normal retirement age then adjusted for yeah. when he what how old he was when he decided to start applying because he's not going to receive anything until he applies for benefits.
5: Okay. In other words, so when you sign up co- it's
1: not going to trigger his benefit automatically.
5: Okay, good. Okay. Um so my qu- second question is, so when it is his turn to apply for social security benefits, will it um will it affect his benefits because he's getting half of what I'm getting. Um, so when he applies his uh, Social Security when he turns 70, he will get his oh, normal see. Social Security benefits. Yes. Um, uh, yes. Right? It, it will not affect no. him because I'm well, uh, getting no. my. So he, he will get no. less no. Of, no. All of his uh, full no. retirement. B- Betty? Oh, okay. Excuse me. Yes.
2: How much money will you receive a month under? Your, you get that from them every year. It tells you what the estimated Social Security you would get at age 70. How much is that dollar amount for you?
5: Um, so I check it this year. If I apply for Social Security benefits on so next year, when I turn 70, mm. I'll be getting about thirty two sixty 60 a month.
2: And how much your husband received that same statement? How much did his say he was going to get?
5: I don't know how he uh, how much will he get when he turns Okay, down how
2: much how much does your husband how, is your husband work full time? Yes. And how much money does he earn?
5: He earns maybe about um $45,000 okay. a year.
2: And has he earned that much forever and ever, long time?
5: Um, I don't quite follow your question. Okay. What is that again? Has he?
2: Has he always earned about forty five
1: thousand dollars a year? Roughly,
5: he will just get okay. his uh, pay raise. So here, if he wait, if,
1: if if you apply at age seventy, he waits till age seventy. He okay. will receive fifty percent of this thirty two sixty, or his own benefit, whichever's greater. Okay. Okay, that's, that's how it works. Yeah. So that's how it works, and um, hopefully that was helpful. Thanks for calling. Well, that's all the time we have in the program today. It's been great being with you. Uh, as always, if you want to learn more about Allworth, go to allworthfinancial.com. Uh, we've got a great uh, uh, bunch of information there and guidance and whatnot.
2: And if you want to join our uh, us uh, by asking us a question, it's um, Monday, Monday, October 24th, between 10.30 a.m. and 12.30 p.m. Pacific. And just call 916 473 five, four, five, nine, or go to questions at moneymatters.com and uh, you can be part of the program.
0: Yep. We'll see you next week. This program has been brought to you by Allworth Financial, a registered investment advisory firm. Any ideas presented during this program are not intended to provide specific financial advice. You should consult your own financial advisor, tax consultant, or estate planning attorney to conduct your own due diligence.